0: Welcome to the Christology Podcast, Jesus at the Center. It is New Year's Eve. Happy New Year's Eve, Laura Miller. How are you doing?
1: Excellent. Happy New Year's Eve, everyone. Let's get off to a great new year.
0: Let's. This is the Christology Podcast, episode 18. This will be our last of season one, and we'll take a pretty short break because season one was kind of cut short anyways, but we will start again in late January. Last episode of season one, it's called The First Gate of Discernment. It's based on the love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and some other uh, surrounding. But that's just the first gate of discernment or a helpful tool for decision-making and peace of mind. Possibly the longest podcast title in history. We'll find out. Good morning, Laura. We said last time we were going to talk a little bit more about you, and as that will unfold in time, we do need to take some time to do that. So, um, because where our stories intersect is is interesting, and um, so you joined the army like me out of high school.
1: Actually, I joined the army while still in high school. I went to basic training between my junior and senior year. I really had no idea what I was doing. It just happened. And then, um, I, at, as soon as I graduated, I went to my training and, um, I had a couple different MOSs. I started off as admin and then, um, God gave me the wonderful job of a veterinary technician, which I just, I loved it. I worked with the working dogs and pets and stuff in the beginning, but, um, it was a great experience and. Um, really helped me now with working with children Um, Mm. you had always said that you could um, teach your children like you train a dog and it's true Um, and this is where the love comes in but real quick I um, so I was in the regular army for 17 years and then I got or 16 years and then I got an email and it was recruiting for a Special Missions Unit, which I I didn't even know what that was. I barely knew what the Rangers or SF or any of those um, special operations units were. So, um,
0: so you're just trucking along in the big army, as we call it, and you get a letter.
1: Yes, an email. And so I went to talk to my boss. Um, I was doing operations at the time, so my boss was the sergeant major of the Central United States, I guess the best way to put it. Anyway, he told me that I shouldn't bother applying because they probably wouldn't want a woman. And at first I agreed with him. I was like, yeah, they don't want a woman. And then I was like, wait a minute, they emailed me, so they might take a woman. So um, when he said don't bother, that's when I said, okay, well, I'm going to bother. I'm
0: going to (laughs) try. I'm kind of bothered when people say don't bother.
1: Yeah, right.
0: So, um, so they didn't think it was Larry Miller. What it was, Laura Miller.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was the right name. Okay. <laughs> so, um, I did the online application, and you know, got all my references together, and they invited me out to Fort Bragg, and did more testing, the um, PT and psych, and all that other stuff, and um,
0: what strength really came out. Uh, see if you can. Know what I'm thinking? What strength of yours?
1: Well, they say that after you've been at the unit for about six months, you can go back and ask the shrink what, um, why they chose you or things that stood out, and um, it wasn't what I was expecting. But I did go back and I asked, and they said that I was very patriotic and a little too honest. <laughs> so,
0: <laughs> in the form of walking the fine line between candor and Tourette's maybe. <laughs> I
1: think so. I have been called harsh and I'm really working on that. Um, you are. To, yeah. I've grown a lot in the last five years.
0: I had to grow the other way. I had to learn to just say what I'm thinking and, you know, be cool with it, be confident in it. So, yeah. but yeah, that's the, un they prize, prize, uh, candor, you know, yeah. say what we need to say.
1: Yeah. And it, it, it really helps if you come with thick skin, but if you don't, you can grow it. I mean, it's um, you have to be ready to accept the truth and um, and own it, own your yeah. your bad along with your good
0: and take criticism. So on that, I'm going to we forgot to pray again. It's all right. We're adjusting our script. So we're just going to stop and pray we do our pre-prayer before we start and now we'll pray. You want to take it, Laura?
1: Yes. Um Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this podcast. We pray that we are um, doing your will and reaching out and um, embracing people maybe that don't know you and showing them the glory that is yours and that they are loved. And um, so thank you for that, Father. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Amen. Thanks. Um, Lord, one thing, one, one thing among many that I could bring up and out, but— you know, we'll do that in each podcast, but when you and I, we met, we were friends 20 years ago at the unit mm-hmm. in 04, 05-ish, but uh, one thing that was pretty cool when we became, you know, dating, eventually married, you were, I don't know if you, it started when you were still in, but you did some work at the Iditarods.
1: Oh, yep uh it did start while I was still in. We were doing research in Alaska on um, endurance because the dogs up there will run a hundred miles a day and survive it you know they they crave it so you know growing up in big army, we were always so worried about overworking the dogs and it's a very real um, possibility but um, we wanted to learn more about it, so we went up and we worked with Martin Boozer usually every year during the Iditarod. And um, we would go up and observe more during that, but in the months preceding it, um, he had a, a um, altitude chamber, I guess I'll call it. And he also had this giant treadmill in there. I think it was made for rehabbing zoo animals. I could be wrong, but um, I think that that was the purpose for it.
0: It was an oversized treadmill. It was a
1: huge <laughs> treadmill. Like you could probably fit a horse on it. And, um, but he would be able to run his teams there, and he could re- decrease the amount of oxygen in the room and um, or elevate it you know, to simulate different things. And so... Um, we really learned a lot about physiology and what a, a dog can handle. And Martin Boozer was amazing. He was very um, science oriented, and so he allowed us to, you know, run tests and use his dogs. We also did um, some like heat analysis. We had these tablets that the dogs would take, and um, it would record an internal temperature. And so we could see, you know, when they're exercising, were they really getting that hot? And then that kind of led us back to the United States where we did it again here, but we did it with our own dogs. And we would experiment with, like, um, uh, their assault vests. And then we'd add body armor. And then we'd add a muzzle. And then we'd decrease, you know, raise the um, endurance or the the test. And uh, it was really exciting to learn all this stuff because typically in the veterinary world we just hear it on the internet and we spread it around so it was great to um, have some science behind it because nobody can afford to do that kind of mm. research with dogs
0: yeah that's one of the benefits of war if you yeah. said like that is the medical technology makes huge advances
1: yeah we learned so much um, just watching what the human medics and human doctors were doing, our PAs.
0: Um, you also collected data and wrote a paper, eventually on causes of.
1: I did. Um, I went to. I won't. I won't keep going on about this, but I went down to the um, military working dog center, which is where all the conventional dog records are kept after they pass. And um, so I went through hundreds, I don't even know how many records, but all of the ones that were tagged as um, deployed dogs and determined their cause of death and then um, wrote a paper, uh, academic paper on it with a lot of help from a lot of people. And um, so that's published if you want to read about it. And um, just like was it gunshot wounds? Was it heat injury? Was it bombs? And and it was. It was IEDs were the biggest killer, but that's just because we had, you know, then you take into account what kind of dogs we had. So
0: Yeah, and that's where our paths intersect, canine. And my Pepper story, which is, you know, the choke point for me when, when I lost her is when uh, I was able to get help and get better. And so that's kind of why we chose to talk about that here. And What does that have to do with the topic? Well... Nothing but also everything because <laughs> the this this uh First Corinthians thirteen chapter is short and dense and we just realize that we use it so often, it's kind of a first and last and intermittent check gate of discernment or just a check for am I doing the right thing or not? So uh we'll get into that. Again, our texts here are it started We need to start with Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, where—I'm not going to read it, but it's where he's asked, what is the greatest commandment? And he says, to love the Lord your God with all your heart. You know, that's from uh, Deuteronomy 6, 4, the great Shema, or call, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And the second is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself all the law and prophets is summed up in this so Jesus is talking the two greatest commandments everything they went through in old testament times all the law and all that hardship is summed up in love god and love others so from there okay well here's here's so here's love is not necessarily what what i think it is through my life it's not the things i love the people i love right my opinion means less than nothing it really does talk about thick skin um it's that's just the truth now and the stoics you know believed all that like uh in Jesus' day there were the the stoics and the epicureans who they were just like opinion means nothing well if that's true then my opinion that no opinion means nothing so <laughs> yeah so go, run with your opinion like god gave us lives and brains so let's use them anyways um, it gets so that but I wanna so if love the Lord your God and love others so what is love in 1 Corinthians 13 we see what it is and what it is not and there's a pretty vast difference here in translations Laura's Bible is ESV mine is NIV I just wanna say real quick one is not necessarily better than the other
1: I thought this was great, and the um, we were talking about Bible versions, and um, Dave and I w- have been buying Bibles for um, a women's homeless shelter for the for the women and the children, and this is when I really learned. I was like, okay, do I just buy everybody what I like? And um, You know, I had to do a little research because I didn't know all the different versions other than my dusty version as growing up as a kid. And um, so, by asking the women what they liked, if they even knew, if they didn't, we'd just give them an NIV or an ESV. But, um, and the same for the children. So, all that to say um, that one Bible is not right. Over another, and so, Dave was studying Greek. He was working on his masters in Greek and Hebrew when family called, and he had to stop. But um, researching the words in Greek really helps us understand it better. You talk yeah, about that, Hun?
0: It, it it gives <clears throat> it gives us a broader understanding of the reason why that you see different words in translation. Um, so, you know. The ESV says, love bears all things, right? Hmm. My NIV says, love always protects. And so the Greek is, we're just going to use that word from verse 7. I'm going to read verse 7 real quick. It, talking about love, love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Nine words, one verse. It says so much. These are the action words that we're focusing on so that word it always protects now here's where i was wrong in in my life when i think protect i think offensively <laughs> i think delta force combat operations you know fighting find fix finish exploit analyze f3ea blah let's do it it's not what it means because i looked up the greek and the word is stege in greek and So, what you see when you, you know, and most, a lot of people know how to do this. You just, it's called the Blue Letter Bible, or BibleHub.com has a, a really good source, and you just, you see the English along with it. And so it shows you, you know, Paul wrote this letter to the Corinthian church. You see other uses of it and also historical uses of it. And the sort of main, you know, compendium of what the word, how it was used is to roof over, to keep water out. Okay. That is a passive application of protection. That is not a, I'm going to go out and move my boundary out further.
1: Yeah. Attack. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So that is a correction that I can take and thicken my skin and admit my error. All right. It's, it's to roof over. And that's why, in a lot of versions it says to, it bears all things it is it's going to hold the snow out the ice the water the rain water so we see why they would translate it like that versus protects but we can see it in both ways always trust yours says always love believes all things to us in this culture remember we have to always interpret historically to the audience it was written for first and that's first century you know Christians so Love always love believes all things that to us sounds very naive, but uh, mm-hmm. believe isn't a verb in our language. Trust is. They both come from the word pistis, which is faith, pisteo, which is to believe. But the prop, the better verb for that in our language, it's not the best, but it's the best we have is to trust. All right. So, and we know humility is trusting God and others with our lives. So. The point here that we 're making is to dig in and look a little deeper than you know well King James has it right, usually yes, word mm-hmm. for word, the King James is the most word for word accurate translation, mm-hmm. but you know we get a broader sense by looking at others, and especially the Greek for New Testament, Hebrew for the old testament
1: it's and I love this um, living with Dave because i don 't have to do the research and um <laughs> He's the smart guy, so uh, I've learned so, so much about um, just digging a little deeper. And the translations, I had no idea how important that is um, to go back to actually understand better in content, you know, the context, everything surrounding it. It seems like we're so quick to just, you know, slap a a, um, scripture, one verse on the wall and take it at face value when— Um, You really have to read everything around it, and, um, you know, that's what makes it applicable.
0: Yeah. Even the church creeds, which we recite at our church every Sunday, one of them, you know, the the Apostles' Creed or Nicene Creed and uh, one of those. But our statements of faith, those aren't the actual gospel. Those are good. They give Mm. us, you know, a boundary for what we're going to believe at our church but it's not really digging into the gospel. So NT Wright talks about that. Uh you know, we need to go deeper than the creeds. We need to go deeper than verse of the day. Yeah. I can do all things through God who strengthens me. Okay, <laughs> let's see what Paul was talking about there. It doesn't mean I get to go do all things. <laughs> yeah. Or whatever I think I want to accomplish, God's going to do it for me. It can, but just go back and look at what's left right top and bottom of of these things.
1: And when we're going out to do all things, I know I'm getting a little off topic here. Um, it's kind of going into our application, doing all things with kindness and consideration. That's love, right? That we're not just running over everybody else to get to what we want. I mean, it's obvious, but at the same time, if we look at our own lives, are we really considering love in, um, the attempt to get what we
0: want or be yeah as Laura and I sat down and uh, worked this this out or tried to it just got bigger and bigger and broader mm. as it should um and that's why we're not super focused on this because it's you need to get in and and and, and go through chapter 13 and even look at uh chapter 12 unity 14 um, you know, the, the bookends of this are Prophecy and Tongues in Church 15. It's Paul's great, you know, work on bodily resurrection. First uh, Corinthians 15 is just, you know, gives so much information that we will be bodily resurrected, and it's not about going to heaven. It's about God's going to come here and make all things right, a new heaven and a new earth, getting ahead of myself. But we always want to look at what's you know the inclusio what's in the middle of the book and um it is always telling but so we talked about this being a gateway or a gate check and uh John chapter 10 verse 9 Jesus says I am the gate so um I just saw that this morning but this is a uh a gateway uh of discernment or decision making so Again, we're not going to read all this, but what love is and what it is not. A lot of times what love is not will help, um, you know, make the decision right away. Like, uh, love never dishonors. So I want to tell a couple, you know, stories, of course. That's kind of the meat of what we're trying to do. Love never dishonors others. Yesterday I was texting... uh, Coach Braveheart and and Coach Holtzey, my buddies, who are going to be on as guests next season. Next season, we're going to have a lot more guests. But we were talking, and you know, I uh, I went to go make a joke at somebody else's expense who wasn't in the conversation. You know, we do it all the time. I wrote it out, and you know, I would have got my ha-has and this and that. It felt funny at the time, but I love never dishonors others. Now, I do love this brother that I was going to make a joke about. He's done some foolish things lately, and we told him that. But love never dishonors others, so I just I ran it through the gate. Like Laura said, it it gets easier with time, and I just had to hit delete, delete, and watch the cursor erase all that text. And what did I lose for that? I didn't get a ha-ha or explanation points. <laughs> so what? I spared this guy, you know... Um,
1: those things are always at the back of our head. Like if somebody told me a joke or something about a person and then I meet that person later, I am pretty sure that I am going to start um judging or looking for that fault or whatever the joke was when I meet them. So it does have an effect. Or it can.
0: Yeah. Right. So we just we always have this in mind and Laura and I've just been doing this To the point where let's dig into this, research it, and talk about it. Mm. Now, when we make small or big decisions, uh, you know, like our church, we're going through some struggles. Uh, We've spent the last few weekends just meeting with elders and talking with them and trying to work things out. I went and met with our senior pastor to talk with them and just because we want to keep unity in our church. We love our church. (laughs) I never would have said that. You know, years ago, but I'm glad I am. But I just in my notes I wrote, you know, we met to discuss the clamor mm. that's going on. There's a clamor at our church, and what does it say up in the beginning? Laura, you read it before we started in 13. Just if I have, if I speak in tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, it's like a resounding gong or the yeah, clamor clanging, of symbols. Yeah, playing symbol and that's what we have. So it's like okay, we we don't have the right love going on between everybody that clearly. If we have a literal clamor and clanging of symbols then there's a lack of love there. So that's something to look into.
1: We were also talking about um I always go back to, you know, what I know, dogs and now I'm learning about kids, children and um just different ways of getting what we need, you know, um, in teaching and some things that I've observed along the way. Um, I'm not a, I'm not a, a preschool teacher by trade. I've taught um, law enforcement and EMS adults, which is a little bit like children, but, um, you know, I see different, um, parenting techniques along the way and the ones that I'm most excited to learn about is the the loving technique versus, like, I grew up um, at different points in my life with intimidation or um, threats, and all that did was make me angry. I don't know about the rest of you, but it didn't make me feel like I was important. And um, in teaching these little minds, these little bodies, i um, I'm trying to do everything with love and kindness and compassion, because it makes the kids smile and feel important, and they respond to that. And it's the same with with dogs: um, positive reinforcement over negative reinforcement. Punishment. Punishment yeah. always always seems to work better.
0: And there, but there is a fine line. This isn't easy stuff. That's why we're talking about it. There's the fine line of you can't not discipline. You know, our 11 year old twin boys when they need it. Um, But when we do it with love,
1: like yesterday, they were just being goofy and we were all having fun together. Um, You know, they had restrictions placed upon them and we just had fun instead. And um, I think they got something from that.
0: Yep, exactly. So the point is to get in and work all this out. So Say we take an issue and we run it through the the love test. We'll develop this further next season. But, yeah. um, okay, I'm calling this thing that I want to do love. Is it what love is? Yes, it's it's protecting passively. Uh, it's persevering. It's, it's going to just keep going on. Love is not a quitter.
1: Hmm.
0: Um, at, at, worst case scenario, love relies on hope. Love always hopes. I love that. That's one of the actions, too. It rejoices. Uh, so worst case, love is still going to have hope. And we know that faith and love spring from hope, Paul says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 5. So um, say we run our issue through the wickets here. This is what love is not. This is what it is. Yes, I believe my decision that I'm going to make is based in love. Then we want to look at uh, Philippians Chapter two. Five through fifteen, you know, sixteen should be read, but verse Philippians two, six through eleven is what's known as the Christ hymn. Hmm. We don't know if it's originally written by Paul or or from the earlier church, but it was poetry. It may have been sung. Um and it's it's a miniature gospel, it's a description of who Jesus is.
1: And to be like Jesus yep. as much as we can, a servant, and humbling ourselves. And um, and we've learned this in our marriage when we give and we humble ourselves and we, um, I don't know, financially we have given a lot or what we can spare. And when things get tight, God um, returns tenfold, like we've been— um, rewarded for that giving nature and that loving nature. I don't know if that made sense.
0: Yeah, so when Jesus humbled himself to death, even death on a cross, therefore Mm -hmm. God exalted him to the highest place. Um, You know, are we being like that? It says, in your relations with one another, be like Jesus who, being in very nature God, still he gave up. And again here, it's not, about being a doormat. Mm. Um, Humility is not thinking less of yourself. It's thinking of yourself less. It's trusting God and others with our lives. Uh, it's not necessarily what the world thinks of it and what we naturally culturally think of it. The point is to think all these things through. So, Yeah,
1: Jesus wasn't a doormat. I no. mean, he stuck up for the right thing. he
0: it, It's the finest line I can imagine willingly going to the cross, but far from a doormat. Yeah. I mean.
1: Yeah, that was a decision.
0: It's it's just, that's the most fascinating whew, thought. I mean, that's what we're supposed to be thinking on. So we run it through the test, and then we look at, okay, is my decision, now am I, you know, you know I'm not being crucified on a cross, but we can see if we're being like Jesus in that we're not, it's not all about ourselves,
1: Right. And like simple decisions start simple. I think, Mm. you know, the person behind you in the line at the supermarket, um, why not let them go first or the person who's in front of you, who is just talking, talking, talking and taking up your time. You know, here we go. Time focused again. Um, you know, I've started to look at people that I'm interacting with, the cashier, the lady behind me, and um, trying to make eye contact to, the, to determine how are they feeling. Like you can see that in somebody's um, stature. Like yeah. um, there was – and this I learned from uh, Coach Curtis is to pray now. And I had – there was a lady behind me at the dollar store, and um, I think she was having a bad day. I don't know. And I tried joking with her and smiling, and she didn't really click to that. So um, I asked her if I could pray with her, and she smiled and she she appreciated that. And I felt so weird because like I'm learning how to do that, and I always say I pray like a kindergartner. Um, I don't have the big fancy words, but um, you know, God hears us; He He knows my intent. Absolutely. But um, and just. Uh, Complimenting people. I've been, you know, I see people at the grocery store or wherever, and, um, you know, I might see a lady who has on a pretty blouse, and instead of saying, Oh, I wonder where she got that, I'll just tell her it's pretty. And for women, that really matters. Like, we are so beat down about how we look, or talk, or um, our makeup, or, you know, weight, or whatever complimenting somebody or smiling it really really matters and so i've been personally i've been working on that and um road rage was another thing that came to mind what do we get by getting mad we get nothing um other than maybe trouble so um you know we tell our little kids we say um smell the flower so we breathe in (laughs) blow out the candle we blow out that's how we get them to take Big breaths, And taking that time, you know, three big breaths, it usually calms down, you know, the fight over the crayon or whatever it was. And I think that works, too, for most everything as an adult.
0: Did you know breathing in and breathing out is God's name? Yahweh. Yahweh. Oh. I, <laughs> credit to Jeff Teagues, uh, who will oh. be a guest soon. That's one of the last chapters in his book. He talks about every living creature. Yahweh.
1: oh that's cool i love it
0: god's name so made me think of that when you're talking about the kids and so that's getting into the application and i love lord that you talked about road rage like just what on earth do you gain from that not a thing that's a good example we're into the application um and why do we do all this well uh philippians chapter 2 after the Christ him, Therefore, my friends, have you, as, always, have you have, as you have always obeyed, uh, continue to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Do everything without grumbling, so that, always look for this, so that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars as you hold firmly to the word of life. So we do all this so that, we may become ready for eternal life in him and enjoy life everlasting and there's we have work to do it's yes, we 're saved by grace through faith, the faithfulness of Jesus, we still have work to do
1: I, I really loved this topic, but as Dave said earlier, it's so deep. I had a hard time um, bringing it down to literal Laura level. <laughs> Um, so I look forward to, um, continue talking about this and, you know, digging a little deeper or sectioning it out a little bit further. Um, I think there's so much we can learn.
0: I mean, we just did over 30 minutes and we barely touched on, I feel like we rushed through the script (laughs) and it's one of the shortest chapters. uh, So yeah, obviously it needs more of a treatment, but next in season two, starting in late January, We've got awesome guests lined up. We'll bring up these topics with our mm-hmm. guests and get their input. Um, yeah, I, I had another quote: uh, "Jesus won the race. We just got to do the laps." You know, like, <laughs> it's it's one for us, yes, but we, he wants us to go out there and exercise and learn how to yeah. do what he did. So, any last words on application, Laura?
1: Nope. Okay. <laughs>
0: Well, this has been the Christology Podcast. Jesus at the center. Last episode of season one, we thank you. There's actually some people that are listening. It's been fun. It's been awesome. Look, we just, our philosophy here, we just be where we're at. Um, We, we, you know, we may not always have everything perfectly worked out, but that's life. So we're going to be where we're at. We're trying to get our kids to do, uh, they're both in fifth grade. Their version. Yeah. Christology Podcast YA young adult they're like I don't know dad one was excited one was cautious so we'll see if we think that would be cool thank you so much for listening Father God Almighty we praise your name you are the gate you are love Jesus the way the truth the life we look to you we trust you we need you and we thank you Lord Holy Spirit come and show us the way in all things that we may receive and reflect your glory God Amen.
1: Amen.